0: Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. If you are new, a couple things for you. Number one, my name is Michael Fueling. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And uh, most weeks I get up and I have the opportunity to open up God's Word. I just want to tell you this week is going to be a little bit different than normal. Typically, we teach through a book of the Bible. We're taking a a hiatus from that this week. And uh, we're going to talk about the future of our church. And uh, number two is if you come back next week, we're going to jump back into um, the book of Ephesians. So I want to invite you back next week. Um, We are in a series called Transform. So I strongly want to invite you to come back. Um, You may not know what Vision Sunday is, so let me take a moment, bring you up to speed on what we do at Village, what Vision Sunday is and is not. Um, Two times a year, at least, I get to get up in front of the church and tell you about where we sense the Lord is leading this church and some of the big projects that we are working on. And uh, so every um, first Sunday of the new year, we have Vision Sunday. That's just what it is. And uh, we come before you with different goals or missions that we want to see the Lord accomplish. These are things that we believe the Lord is moving us toward. And the second time we do this is sometime mid-year. Actually, usually, usually we do this in July, but so much has happened between January and today that we fast-forwarded our second Vision Sunday to get in front of you today so we could give you an update on what God is doing in the Village Church and some of the things we believe he's putting in our heart for the future. So I just want to warn you, this is going to be a big Sunday. We're going to drop a lot of stuff on you, and uh, I would really love for you to take out your app, download that, your sermon notes, whatever else. And uh, here's what I wanna ask you to do. Um, I would wanna ask you to turn in Q&A questions. Um, I wanna ask you to do that because many of you are gonna have really specific questions and uh, we would love to get to those questions and you can turn them in on the app, you can turn them in at the Connect Desk. Uh, We wanna invite you to bring forward any questions that you have and we wanna help um, answer all of those. So, um, Vision Sunday, very simply, um, we wanna talk about the future. Now, um, the first slide here is a, a, a very simple vision statement. This vision statement determines everything we do. Now, I know that every one of you have memorized it, so at Village Church, we are about making disciples who? That was so weak. I don't even, like, I mean, I've I lost all passion for the mission of the Village Church just by that. Um, at the Village Church, we want to make disciples who? Go, grow, and overcome. And this is not a random, arbitrary thing we say. We don't just say it because it sounds cute. Literally everything we do in our church, we bring back to this mission statement. And it's rooted in the Great Commission, which is in Matthew 28. And I want to read this for you now. In Matthew 28, Jesus um, says this, Go, therefore, and what? Make disciples. Village Church, is it an option? No, it is not an option. If you will follow Jesus, you must be about making disciples. You must be about being a disciple and making disciples. Let me just break it down very simply. A disciple is a follower. You follow Jesus. You do what he says. You go where he goes. You want to be like him in your character. You want to obey him. You want to follow him totally and thoroughly. And so here's what we want to do as a church. We want to help make disciples who make disciples. We want to do things that help you passionately follow Jesus Christ wherever he would lead you, to be like him and to devote your life to him. And your job, once you become a Christian, is to what? Make disciples. And do you just do that here? No, you go all over the world. The church is global because people took this command of Jesus seriously. He says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them. We don't want to just go. We want to make disciples who are growing. We want to teach people. Teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. I love this. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, Do you know what the most common um, phrase in scripture is? Don't be afraid. And do you know what the most common promise in scripture is? I am with you always. And they are more times than not connected. Because every time Jesus looks at you and says, Hey, FYI, church, um, I'm not going to leave you. Do you know what that means? He is asking you to do something that is actually incredibly, impossibly difficult. He is asking you to follow him wherever that might take you, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much risk it requires. He's asking you to do that, and here's his guarantee to you I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you no matter what I call you to, no matter how hard it is or dark it feels. I will walk you through this season. And so at the Village Church, we try not to just gloss over the major commands of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Like when he's like, hey, Village Church, go make disciples. We want to make sure that we structure our entire church around this end to make sure we're helping make disciples who are going, growing, and and overcoming. And so last January, I shared with you an analogy, and uh, the analogy um, sort of went like this. Village Church is in a season of adolescence. How many of you would love to go through puberty again? Raise your hand. No one? No one? No one? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. Um, It's the most awkward season of life, hands down. And when you go through adolescence, here's um, something you just need to recognize. Who you are coming out of adolescence is not going to be who you were going into adolescence. Um, Adolescence is a very strange time where your body is changing, your experiences are changing, your emotions are changing. Everything is fundamentally changing. And I love this about adolescence. In adolescence, you are figuring out who you really are. There is a level of identity solidification that happens in adolescence which is profound. And when you get to the end of adolescence, you have to make a decision to be who God has made you to be. And so this is one of the challenges. If you ever raise kids, every one of you have gone through it. Um, adolescence is weird. It is hard. It is awkward. But it's also really good and healthy things that are going go grow through adolescence. And so one of the things that we have just observed about Village Church is that this is a season of adolescence. This is a season where we, we have embarked in the last year and a half on a season of our church that has been awkward at times. Weird at times. We've grown hair in awkward places that we didn't expect, um, right? No, you're like, no, I'm not going to answer that. But it has been uh, a challenging, exciting, um, weird, uh, fun, awkward season. And part of that has been, we'll say, fast forwarded by um, growth that we haven't experienced in in quite a while. And so here's what I want to do. I want to tell you some of the things that we are trying to do as leaders to help us get through adolescence in a healthy way. Um, We wanna help our church transition in this season in a way that glorifies Jesus Christ, keeps us on mission, and God willing helps you be and make disciples. And so um, I want to review with you in January, uh, Vision Sunday, um, 1.0. Here are the four things that we released. These are the four big goals that we wanted to accomplish as a church. Um, These were four big things that we felt like stood between us and accomplishing our mission. Number one is going, unleashing our local outreach in big and small ways. Number two is growing, developing long-term strategy for growing small. Number three, expand our digital shareable and helpful platform. Number four, overcome organizational growing pains. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna walk through each of these with you, give you an update, and then share with you some of the twists and turns um, along the last five months that God has brought us um, along. So number one, uh, go, unleash local outreach in big and small ways. And so um, I want to talk about small for a moment because as we talk about small, um, one of the things we promise to you is that local outreach is going to start um, building relationships with community groups and other ministries in the city of Bartlett so that we can start helping our community groups have, um, we'll say, service projects and, and opportunities for them to commit to, say, um, Village at Victory Center or to commit to feed my starving children, or to commit to something locally, especially in our city, where each of our community groups can have a service project that they participate, participate in regularly. So Local Outreach is building that. Um, and uh, you may wonder, what are some big things that we do? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I was more than shocked at how many people came to our Easter egg hunt. Um, Five to 6,000 people, 59,000 eggs. We had over 40 people come to church that Easter Sunday just from that egg hunt alone. Um, Countless conversations about Jesus on that morning. And what we've learned about Village is that we can mobilize a whole lot of people to do enormous events, 10 times our size as a church, um, really, really, really well. It is a testimony to our volunteer leaders, the quality of our leaders, the competency of our leaders, and the willingness to serve and to take risks and to give up our time and to do a lot of planning. And uh, so Village is, is just remarkably good at this. And so um, our local outreach team came back um, with another project that they want to take on. And uh, this is probably a little bit bigger than anything we've done before. Um, but I want to share with you what they're looking at doing and giving you just a big vision for this. Um, they're going to launch a Feed My Starving Children mobile pack. Now, I want to just explain what this is. Uh, Feed My Starving Children is a Christian organization that brings in, honestly, Christians, non-Christians, businesses from all over the area, and they, um, uh, people come in and they make meals um, at dirt cheap prices that are healthy meals for kids around the world, and they ship these meals out to make sure um, that kids all over the world have meals. It's an awesome service, service project for a business, a community group, or a church. Well, what you typically have to do is you have to go to Feed My Starving Children at one of their packing locations. They also offer a mobile pack. Mobile pack is when they bring the location to you. And so um, what we're going to be doing is having, uh, God willing, later this fall, uh, Feed My Starving Children mobile pack here at the Village Church. And here's what that means. It means we're going to need 500 volunteers. We're going to make 100,000 meals over two days, and it's going to cost $22,000. Now, our goal as local outreach is not that you would do all the work. Here's our goal. Our goal is that you would bring non-Christians, people in your community, maybe your business or your workplace, maybe you own a business or you're the boss, and you can say, hey, we're going to do a service project at my church, and we're going to go make food, 100,000 meals um, for kids all over the world. And this is going to be something that happens in our church. They're going to take over probably most of the entire church. It's going to be entire two days. And uh, this is an amazing opportunity for you to jump on board. It's a safe, non-threatening way for you to bring non-Christians into this church, build relationships with them, rub shoulders. And if you're not a, a Christian in this room, you're thinking, um, wow, why are they talking about me like that? Because our desperate desire is for you to know Jesus beyond anything else in this entire world. That's why. And so we unashamedly want to invite people to come here and to do stuff with us because our hope and desire is that you would meet Jesus personally when you come through these doors or hear the gospel or interact with village churchers or Christians anywhere outside. And so this is a big, this is a big goal. Um, again, the, the goal date is sometime in fall 2016. $22,000 is quite a bit of money, and we've made a general rule of local outreach, so you can just know how this works. We don't fund local outreach with a ton of money, and here's why because we want local outreach and you to help fund the projects they do so that there is ownership and buy-in. What we want you to do as a church is to own this and to be a part of this. And what we found is when we just give above and beyond to projects like this, we have a unique and special ownership in this. It is very easy for us as a church just to do all the hard work for you. What we want to do is facilitate environments and contexts where um, you are bought in and local outreach is going to be um, trying to raise $22,000 over the next um, six months. So that being said, go. I'm going to move on to grow. We're going to skip number two because I'm going to end this sermon with number two because that's where um, all the biggies are. We're going to keep you in suspense. I want to talk about grow. We, We came to you and said we want to expand our digital shareable helpful platform. You may not know what that is. I want to tell you what that is. Our goal is to invade people's digital lives with digital, shareable, helpful content. We want to invade your cell phones with less garbage and stuff that helps make disciples and brings glory to Jesus Christ. We want to fill your digital world with content that you can give away with a push of a button that you're excited to give to other people. So for the last year and a half, we've been experimenting and we still are trying a whole bunch of different things. And uh, this is our big goal is to invade this sphere. We have found that churches are avoiding the digital sphere. Maybe they're afraid of change. Maybe they're afraid of what people will think. Uh, Maybe they're afraid that they won't be relevant. And we've just said there's too much at stake to lose the digital battle. And so we're gonna go to the front lines and we are gonna try to win this digital battle, so help us God. And we are praying that the Lord would raise up in our midst people who would help us make digital, shareable, helpful content. And uh, we wanna do this for adults and also for kids. So I wanna share with you a few things about how this has been working at the Village Church. Um, First and foremost, you'll see that we have launched our Village Church all-in-one mobile app. This is not just a gimmick. This is, it puts right in your phone all of our podcasts, sermons, blogs, and they are easily shareable with a click of a button. We want to make sharing as simple as humanly possible. And so our Village Church all-in-one mobile app is not a gimmick. This is something we want to ask every one of you to download and start engaging in because this really will start changing the way you Interact with our digital content. Our goal is to take all digital content, put it in one place, and that's going to be on the app. Um, Number two, um, what we talked about was I would be putting together a team of people. Um, This team of people would be a digital, shareable, helpful DSH team, and we would start developing and creating um, new avenues for digital, shareable, helpful content. Um, We've scratched the team, we're going to do something different. Here's what we realized. We have people creating excellent content right now in our church. Already. So let's redeem what we're doing right now. So, all of our staff have been commissioned over the next six to 12 months to take their content that they're developing, build a team around them, and integrate this into the digital sphere. Their goal, for example, if your kids' ministry or students or millennials, is to take your content and put it on platforms that people of that demographic are going to access, invade their digital world with digital, shareable, helpful content. So, um, you're going to start to see over the next six to 12 months, we're going to take this principle and we are going to integrate it into every single part of our church because we want to win the digital war. Sound good? Amen? You with me? You tracking with me? Good. Number three, launching a kid's Q&A podcast. So we had everything all set. We had all the introductions, the music, the production, the system, everything. We uploaded the first episode and we listened to it. And here's what we said, we can do better. So we paused it and we put it on hiatus. If you notice, when you go to your Village Church app, you'll see Village Kids Q&A podcast, and you'll click it, and it'll be empty. That's just a teaser. We're making you waited with, waiting, wait with bated breath, okay? Um, our goal is to make something that kids love, that is unforgettable, that they cannot wait to listen to. So we're taking a few more months just to get our heads around the project, and we are gonna do this with excellence. So we're gonna figure out how to do it. We might even change the name in, in the process. But our goal is for moms and dads, especially with kids, to have content in their hands that they can play for their kids and help make disciples. That's one of our desires. So moms and dads, we want to also help invade your digital space so you can invade the digital space of your kids. And finally, number four is our Village Church Q&A podcast. We have a daily podcast, which means daily audio is released. It's about five minutes to 20 minutes long, usually somewhere in the 10 to 12 minutes um, range, where we just ask questions that you submit. I think to date, we have over 170 episodes, Monday through Friday, every day of the week they release. And uh, I want to just show you some of the metrics on our podcast so you can know um, what's actually happening and how far some of the reach is. Um, last week, this is just the sermon podcast. Um, there's 169 downloads just of the sermon. Honestly, I thought there'd be five or six. Um, 169 downloads, that means there's 169 different people um, last week alone who downloaded that sermon because they wanted to hear God's word. Um, That's pretty awesome. I was pretty excited about that. But then we got the metrics for our Q&A podcast. And this was also really exciting. This is just last week alone. There were 840 downloads in China, UK, Canada, USA, France, and Japan. Now, let's be straight. The majority of those are in the United States. But it was really cool that we have, I think it might be three listeners in China. Like the digital frontier is amazing. And with a little bit of patience and the right quality and genuine quality product, like you can really enter into this sphere and make a significant difference. And these numbers are slowly, steadily increasing. And so we want to continue to do this and reach as many people with this as humanly possible. You might be sitting here saying, I don't know what a podcast is. Figure it out, because there's some really great things. Hear me, grandmas and grandpas, hear me. You might ignore this, okay? But your kids and your grandkids aren't, okay? If you want to give them something that is made by one of their peers that speaks to them on their level and answers questions about life and God and the Bible, this is an awesome opportunity for you. And you don't need an app. You can go right to the computer, right to our website, and you could forward them a link because it's also on our website. And so this is one of these opportunities and these things that we have just, honestly been a little bit surprised by about how far the reach goes. I start meeting people and I don't even know who they are and they're like, oh yeah, you do the Q&A podcast. I'm like, how did you even, how did you even know that was happening? So we're really excited about that, but I hope that just gives you um, in about nine or, I think it might be seven or eight months of doing the podcast, that's how far the reach has gone in that short a period of time. How much farther could we go if we keep doing this and making this as helpful as humanly possible? Number four. Oh yeah, we're not done here, sorry. Um, so, Digital app, are you going to download it? Yes, Yes. next slide. Church Community Builder, we talked about this. Um, This is where we take all of our systems and we put them in one place. If you're a member, hear me. You want to figure this out. I'm going to make a huge request of you. If you're a member, I don't ask you to do a lot of things. I'm going to ask you to do this. Go to the next slide. I want to ask you to sign up, okay, because Church Community Builder is the place where you are gonna be able to download giving statements, get an online member directory, you're gonna get access to all things Village Church. If you are in any leadership position whatsoever, you have a much broader access to the entire system. Um, So we are no longer gonna be printing photo directories, picture directories, because you know why? They're obsolete in a week, it's ridiculous. So now we can keep all of this up real time All of our leaders who have been using this are using the directory regularly. It's very accessible. It's very easy. There's two ways you can do it. Number one, you go to that website, vcob.ccbchurch.com, and you just sign up. It is so, so simple. Um, The second way you can do this is you can go to the app. Now, I want to show you some pics of the app, just so you know. Um, At the bottom, it says connect. See that red square? It's connect. And it says member site. Who's that for? (coughs) Members. You're a genius. And at the bottom, it says sign up. I blew it up, okay? That's where you want to sign up. You hit that button. You put in your email address. That's where you want to sign up. If you have any problems, don't ask me. Ask Bethany Thomas. She would be more than happy to help you figure that out. Um, If you look um, right now, it's our our mobile church directory. And uh, I want to show you how this works. I just went in. I typed in my name and now all of my family comes up and you can see the profiles. You can set your children's profiles to private so that nobody else can see them. You can choose what you want people to see, but this only goes out to our members. So this is not something, if you are a regular attendee, um, we know, our database database knows the difference between you and a member. Um, This is not something any random person is gonna have access to. This is gonna be something where the members of the Village Church are going to have access to this mobile church directory. Everybody can sign up under the member's site, but only members are gonna have full access to the the church directory. So this is an awesome, easy way to access everything, get um, contact information for whoever you may want. Next slide. Overcome. We are trying to overcome organizational growing pains. Um, I originally called this organizational adolescence, but that sounded weird. Um, One of the realities with growing Uh, as a church, is that there are increased needs and oftentimes not as many people who are able to jump in and serve. So I came to you in January and I said, Village members, attendees, I need you to jump in and serve. I need you to jump in and serve. And so when Tom, Pastor Tom Beener gets up and he shares um, about the children's um, need in the last two weeks and says, we need 64 volunteers. How many signed up, Tom, 58? 60, awesome. All right, we need four more volunteers, okay? Step up. What is it, three times? For the summer, one hour, you can do it, I promise. You're more than capable. Four more people. But even just something like that, for him to to come up and share that, to have so many people respond right away um, throughout the church, you guys are stepping up, and the demands and the needs and the opportunities are growing. So I want you to hear me. If you regularly attend Village Church, become a member. If you're a regular attendee and a member, it is time to jump in, be all in, and serve in a place where you can be used. We, we need all hands on deck. Every single person that is in this church, God has assigned to this place. You are not arbitrary or random. We need you because God put you here. You are here resourcing his vision for the church. I'm going to not preach that sermon again. That was like two weeks ago. Um, and I want to just, I want to go on. Um, one of our desires in the overcome part of this is to create spaces. Um, and so I want to just share with you some of the projects that our facilities team um, have worked on um, over the last five months. Um, the children's revamp is nearing an end. They have a, a couple small things and one big thing left to do. Um, they are getting near the end of that. Um, sanctuary lighting revamp. Remember when you couldn't see my face when I was preaching? Do you guys remember that? It was like blackface, and you had to wonder what was really going on. Um, they resolved that issue. Video integration throughout the entire church is going to be done this summer. The 601 has been fully revamped again, redone, painted, um, sound system, lighting, everything updated. And then the foyer and cafe. Anybody, like, recognize that we're out of foyer space? Anyone? Anyone? Everybody feel claustrophobic in there? So we're knocking out sometime later this year, we're going to be knocking out the uh, cafe wall, redoing all the flooring. And so probably sometime, I don't know, it could be early fall, late summer, you're going to start to see that entire project take place. It'll take us a few weeks. So you'll come into the middle of construction and it's going to be a blast. Now, I want to go back to number two. Making disciples who grow. Go to the next couple slides. So we want to develop long-term strategies for growing small, and we have been growing numerically over um, the past year and a half, probably a little faster than we expected. A couple things for you. Growth can be good or it can be bad. You've seen bad growth, I'm sure, in some places. Sometimes it grows so fast that an organization cannot keep up with itself, and here's what we know. Bad organizations and systems and churches hurt people. You get that? If the church isn't organized, people fall through the cracks. So we have been trying with all of our might to be as organized as we possibly can so that anybody who comes through these doors can jump in, can serve, go through our membership class, um, have whatever you need to be who God has made you to be and do what God has asked you to do here. We've tried to be as organized as humanly possible. Um, I think growth for us has gone fairly well, um, largely because even though we change things, I think about every three weeks we change most things in this church. Father, <laughs> anybody else Good. Um, growth has gone pretty well, and I want to bring it down to this, because at the core, Village Church has not changed, even though we've changed how we do a lot of things. Um, at the core, we're still a family, passionate about Jesus, passionate about making disciples, passionate about growing, Um, We're still a place that that feels like home, and we want to be intentional with our lives so we can see as many people come to Jesus. I mean, there are these foundational things that make Village Church Village Church. And so we see is that growth can be good. And I want to read to you something that I wrote in January. Um, I said this to you at the Vision Sunday. I wrote, we are possibly, oh yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, We are possibly embarking on new territory as a church, We need to begin discussing options now so we are all on the same page later. I'd like to say this to you again, but I want to change one word. We are embarking on new territory as a church, and we need to begin discussing options now so that we're all on the same page later. And uh, the last slide, two slides ago, said healthy things grow. And here's one of the things that I've found is that healthy things really do grow, Um, and it does not mean Healthy churches grow numerically all the time. Churches have systems and or they have seasons and rhythms. Um, but a church that is healthy should be growing in their roots, and there are going to be seasons when you have a healthy church, that church is going to grow numerically. And uh, it has been, I think the elders and deacons and staff, it has been our pleasure to be leading at the helm in this season because God has given us from a leadership side, a, re- a remarkable unity, of direction, of conviction, of values, and we just treasure these things. And because of this, I believe this is a season where God is causing there to be some growth at the Village Church. And uh, growth comes from a couple places. It comes from people who have never been to church before. It comes from people who are just kind of figuring it out. Some people were in church a long time ago and they've left church, now they're just coming back. Some people have come from really gut-wrenching church experiences and they found Village Church to be a place where they can, where they can heal. And so, But here's what we've seen. We've been in a season of growth, and I want to walk through some of these numbers with you. Um, This is just over the last 12 months. Uh, Kirk for one of our elders, put this together. If you can't see it, um, basically, if you go back a year ago, our attendance was, uh, it would go usually from low, uh, mid-300s or so. And over the last four weeks, five weeks, I think one time we were under 400. 400 is the new normal. But when you grow by 25% in one year, that is a huge influx on a small church, okay? So we're not a megachurch. Some of you have wondered, like, some of you have thought we're like 800 people or more, and I'm like, no, 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 we're a small church, small to medium-sized church here. Um, but when you grow by over 100 people, uh, and that's just attendance beyond that, um, there are oh, probably um, another 150 or so people who aren't represented every Sunday. Here's what that means. When there are 400 people in a church um, on a Sunday morning, Um, there are about 550 people typically who call that church home. So the average church member in America goes to church one to four times a month. The average is actually 2.5. And so there are about 550 people now who call Village Church their home church, even though they're not here every single week. If everybody showed up in one week, this place would be crazy. Um, So here's what I wrote. I wrote back then, we expect to push 400 a week in attendance in early 16. And we did. And though our sanctuary can handle like 200 more people, we have an overflow here, and we have more seats in the sanctuary, that's not an issue. Our foyer, our parking, Monday nights, et cetera, they're going to get more and more stretched with every 50 persons that we've added. And we've added over 50 people since we even gave this message. And we said back then, imagine how crowded the foyer is going to be when you add 50 more people, but now we've added more than that and it's getting stressed in there. I want you to imagine if this is your first time to Village Church, and you walk in, and the first thing you experience is there's no parking, park, parking spots for you. And then you walk in, and there's like 300 people in a foyer that should, like, nicely fit 75, okay? <laughs> yeah, there's food and free coffee, but still. Like, it's stressful, and it's overwhelming. Um, and our first two experiences with hospitality when somebody comes here are not the greatest. I'm an extrovert who loves lots of people in small spaces and our foyer freaks me out, right? I'm like, ugh, I'm like getting claustrophobic. So um, over the last six months, this is where there's been especially a, a larger spike is that it's just kind of gone up a little bit more quickly over the last six months, and, um, which has been really neat. Friends are inviting friends and those friends are inviting friends. And so it's been very cool to see um, your passion and excitement for what God is doing here Um, just to be a part of this place, and uh, we don't take this lightly, and I want everybody to know, even as we look at numbers, you are not numbers. We structure everything we do to care and to be, make disciples of every single individual who comes to this church, and so when we look at these, here's what we think. God has entrusted to us more souls to help make disciples, and here's what that means for members and regular attendees. There are people here, there are more people than ever who need you to be all in. They need you to be all in, so we go to the next slide, and I want to walk through some of this stuff with you. Our current building challenges, um, put those back up. Parking, foyer, one on Mondays, VBS, office space. You can see that the majority of major uses that we function here, they're, they're stressed beyond capacity. Um, and I want you to hear one thing. This is, this is crazy, but this is how it worked back when this building was built. This, this sanctuary was built for a church of 700. Our foyer was built for a church of 150, and our parking lot was built for a church of 300, okay? Now, when, when this was built, church was done differently culturally, so this all worked. But culture and the way people interact and commute to church and use a church building, etc., has massively shifted over the last 30 years. And part of that means now, we could ne- if we ever built a building, we would never build it like this because of the way church is done, And so right now we have lots of space in here, but no space when we leave this place, and it's just kind of chaotic. And so those are some of the challenges that we are, uh, that we're facing. I said hypothetically in January, what if just 50 more people on average a week came and you're all like, oh, well now we're there. And if this keeps going, this building will be obsolete in one to two years. I want you to hear that. This building cannot contain much more if it keeps happening, which is fine. But all that means is we need to start having discussions now about what that looks like later. And so I want to bring you into it the discussions that the elders are having, and I want to just be as transparent as as I can with you. I want to make a commitment to you. There are not, like, secret agendas beyond what I'm saying. What we're saying is everything there is to say, okay? Um, This is where we're at and what we're thinking through. Go to the next slide for me. Um, These are the surmisings. I don't know if you remember in January, I shared, like, potential ideas add more sanctuary services, add overflows, um, expand Sunday night services, start Saturday night services? No. Um, begin building campaign when averaging five. I mean, you, you can see all this stuff. We were just surmising with you back then. Like, what, what does the Lord want? We have no idea. Next slide. And um, so there are two opportunities in front of us, and the first opportunity is what we call the A-team. I'm, I love the A-team. Isn't that cool? Anybody watch the A-team? That's, all right. Uh, the A-team stands for the advisory team, and the advisory team is a group of six people. I'll tell you who they are in a minute, but it's a group of six people, and uh, their job is to determine, to prayerfully look at all of our metrics, what's going on, what's going on in the city of Bartlett, what's going on um, around us, um, who are the people in the village church, what are the demands, what are the needs, what are our growth trajectories, Look over all this and to pray and to bring to the elders um, strong suggestions for next steps on what we should do as a church to resolve some of these issues. And so the team is made up of six people who I want to tell you a little bit about um, each of them, not individually but together. They love Jesus, they love the village church, they each are uniquely equipped and bring something really special to the table that makes this team just such a great fit for them. Um, Each of these people, um, for the most part, know me and my convictions. And I want to be clear, I'm not on this team. I'm not going to their meetings. Um, Tim and I um, do not want to get lost in whatever that is when we have a responsibility to shepherd and care for the Village Church now. So we have a team of six people, and they are meeting for the first time this Wednesday um, to start all of their discussions on what do we do how do we think about the future in light of where we're at now, in light of some of the impending realities that are upon us? And so here are the six um, names. John Araki, who's one of our elders, he's going to lead this team in behalf of the elders. We have John Shales, Bonnie Beaner, Kirk Elliott, Deanne Salvaggio, and Brian Rhodes. Um, so excited for this team. Um, so excited for them to put their heads together and say, God, what are you doing? Where are we going? You might wonder, what are some of the options? We've told them, pray, and we're not taking any options off the table. I want to resist something in you that I've heard from a number of people over the last couple months. As you watch Village Church grow and facilities get a little bit stretched, you've said to me, um, why don't we just build a building? And that may, for some of you, feel like a next logical answer, um, but for us, that is not a next logical answer. That is a very expensive answer. Um, this is a weird season in building and construction and costs and debt and, and economy and whatnot. And so one of the commissions to the A-team was don't, don't tank the church. You know, like, let's preserve for multiple generations what people have done um, here and now. And, um, and so their job is to put all options on the table. Um, it could go everything from renovating to purchasing and renovating to um, planting more building a church planting like structure where that becomes a primary mission of the church it could be looking at how, doing how we do church even differently two churches in one city and using shared resources there are multiple options that are cheaper than may be necessary, but we want to start putting all of them on the table because if we don't start preparing now, we cannot wait for one year from now to start getting our act together because if it all remotely moves as fast as, as it is now, we're going to get caught off guard. And already there are a number of things getting too just stressed, if you will. And so as the organization, if you will, gets stressed, people fall through the cracks. And one of our desires is to not let people fall through the cracks because you're infinitely valuable to God and we take seriously the privilege to shepherd each and every soul that God brings through the village church. So that's option number one. Um, Please, please pray for our A-team. Please pray for them. Option, opportunity. Oh, yeah, this is their mission. Sorry, this is their state of mission. To present to our elders um, by July 31st, by the way, um, short-term and long-term strategic plans which address present and future facilities challenges in light of our current numerical growth trajectories. Wow, it's a lot of words. Here's what we're asking. Um, Could you present for us a big-picture report by July 31st? After we as elders get that, we're going to process that and then share that with the church. And then they have a secondary time frame, which is sometime late fall, to come back with a more detailed report of how we're going to move forward and how these things are going to happen. And so what we want to do is keep you apprised of the A-team's findings, what they um, are thinking, and then we're going to allow them to get up and share with you candidly um, where we should go as a church. Opportunity number two, church planting. So um, I'm just going to tell you some stories and I'm going to tell you from my own just personal heart what I've experienced. Um, I've seen dysfunction, and so have you. And I've also seen health. And when you find it, you just want to hold on to it because it is so, so precious. And one of the greatest joys I think that we have had is the experience of a growing, healthy leadership culture here at Village Church. Is it perfect? No. But I can tell you this, our elders love each other. Our deacons love each other. Our staff, we love each other. Our directors are unified. They all don't know each other as well as the rest of us, but I'm telling you, like, this is really sweet, and I am very well aware that this is not normal as churches go. Satan hates churches, and he wants to destroy them from the leadership, from the inside out. And so we have been able to just enjoy a very healthy season. And... Um, so in March, many of you know I went away to California for a couple weeks. Every year I go to California for two weeks. My wife and I go to a conference, and then I take one week, and I just pray, and I walk beaches. My goal is like 50 or 60 miles. And it's just a time where the Lord meets me. You think I'm on vacation. I am pleading before the Lord for you and this church and my family. And, um, and so I went into that time looking at some of our growth patterns, thinking the following, um, thinking we'll probably have to add a third service. Blah. Like, that doesn't excite me. No pastor gets pumped about three services, just to be clear. Um, and so I went into that time thinking that's probably what we're going to have to do, and I came out and the Lord just just completely shifted some of my thoughts. And as soon as I got back, I sat down with the elders and I said, "Look, we realize we're we're, we're beginning plans about renovating different parts of this facility, but if we know in all probability in one to three years we're going to outgrow this building, do we want to spend two or three hundred thousand dollars renovating a building that we're not going to stay in anyways?" And it just just begged the question, like, how do we want to spend our money? What do we want to do? Let's just slow this down a little bit. Let's just not throw money randomly and arbitrarily at things because it's a felt need now. I mean, we can put up with a lot if we know where we're going, right? I can put up with a cramped foyer if I know the plan. So we just pause, and that's why we have the A team, to help us figure out some of those thoughts. And uh, during that time, I called up a, um, a buddy of mine, and uh, he's a pastor, friend in the area, and I just said, bro, you should plant a church. And I've been telling him this for a long time, by the way. I've been telling this for about six months before this. Bro, you should plant a church. Bro, you should plant a church. His answer was, I don't want to plant a church. I don't want to plant a church. I don't want to plant a church. And I said, God wants you to plant a church. He's like, God doesn't want me to plant a church. <laughs> and, uh, and in that conversation, I shared with him um, some of the realities of what's happening um, in Bartlett and the churches around here. And this has been a devastating six years for the evangelical churches in the surrounding 10 minutes of Bartlett. Um, It is not all bad, but it has been a devastating 10 years. Um, The liberal churches um, are struggling as well, but the evangelical churches um, are um, not the healthiest they've ever been. And there's a few very healthy churches, but they're harder and harder to find. And we, hear me, we want healthy churches in Bartlett and the surrounding 10 minutes from this church. We want them everywhere, but we are particularly invested in the health of local churches. I've personally been building as many relationships as I can with these other pastors, in Bartlett particularly, trying to encourage them, trying to help them in any way that we can, um, build a friendship or anything. So we are vested in this. And uh, when I shared with this buddy of mine just some of the reality of what's going on, I think it hit him and myself maybe in a new way. And so he said, I said, what, what holds you back from planning a church? And by the way, he lives in Bartlett. Uh, he's in the area, and he's been a pastor for a couple decades. And uh, I said, what holds you back? And uh, there were a couple answers, but mainly what I think held him back was, it's a lot of hard work to plant a church, right? And you've got to raise a family. He's got four kids, and you can't just be like, yeah, let's just hope the bills are going to get paid and walk into like, into the future and cross our fingers. Like, there's got to be some kind of wise planning in this. And so I looked at him, probably spoke a little bit more than I should have, but said, what if Village Church sent you out? And we started talking. So I said, let me talk to the elders. And I go back and I said, "What, what do you guys think of the idea? And they said, it can't hurt to vet the process. So since March, um, I have been vetting this process. I've had actually personal conversations with um, a number of you in this church trying to do the best reconnaissance that I can. Myself and this guy have worked um, really closely together over the last couple months, praying like crazy, praying with his family, praying with our elders. We've shared this with our deacons and our staff and our ministry directors, um, getting as much feedback as humanly possible. And, uh, and then we started looking around and saying, why might God be bringing this opportunity? Well, There are so many leaders that are not using their leadership gifts in this church. And here's my question. If God is resourcing his vision for the village church by bringing you here, um, why is it many of you aren't being used to capacity? That's a huge question that's been burdening our elders. Um, There are a whole bunch of you who have so much more in you. There are a bunch of you who are like, I I could lead that ministry with my eyes closed. And we had a director meeting. There was like 16 of us in the room, I think three weeks ago or two weeks ago. And I look at all of our directors and I said, "You, you do realize if all of us die right now, let's say some bug comes in and kills all of us, there are a group of men and women standing on our heels ready to take over our positions and they will do as good or better than each of us are doing right now. I'm like, why are all of these people here? God, what are you doing? And uh, all of this stuff started coming together. Why do we have so many leaders, teachers, and musicians? Like, that's a great question. And so we started Village at Victory, and Alex Culpepper is functioning our campus pastor over at Village at Victory. It's a retirement community about one mile down the road, and their service starts at 10 o'clock. I don't know what time is it now. They start in one minute, their worship service over there. We have teachers and musicians and people serving on that end. And we realized that this is actually a really neat model to, to use more people... In their gifts and in their passions and so um, I'm looking at you and I'm just asking the question why are you here some of you you're here and you think you're gonna be here for a long time and I'm here to tell you some of you may not be here next year God may call you to be a part of something that is a little bit risky that is a little bit unsafe that is a little bit unknown but he may be calling you to do something different so here's what I want to do. I want to tell you who this guy is. So I'll just, I'll, do you like suspense? Anybody else? I enjoy suspense. I think it's kind of fun. So I want to tell you who this guy is and uh, a family who may be spearheading Village Church Plant near you. And I, I need it before you hit the picture. Maybe because we have not decided to do this. I've committed and the elders have committed to you to bring you up to speed in our discussions, so we don't get too far ahead of you. So we're bringing you right now into the process of where we're at. I'm gonna tell you as much as they know and as much as we know. So, um, the family is the Jarvis family. Craig, Bath, Abigail, Hannah, Karis, and Rebecca, they're all over here. After the service, you'll see a big gray head of hair, um, and uh, go give that gray head a handshake and a hug. He's Canadian, much to talk about there. Um, but we have spent um, the last few months just really getting to know him, his philosophy, his vision, his um, values and culture. And we have so enjoyed it, um, each other and our elders. It's been really just kind of a sweet experience to see the unity we have. But just because we have unity does not mean that God wants us to collaborate in planting a church. And so our next goal is to say, see, okay, God, do you want us to plant a church? And I want to share with you a little bit of this process. Go to the next slide. Um, the next steps before moving forward, um, Craig and Beth are going to spend the next six weeks seeking to build a core team and funding salary. Here's what you don't know. Um, one of the reasons I went to Craig and I said, you need to plant a church is because he started a Bible study after he came off staff um, at Medina Baptist last year, and he started a Bible study called 242, and it started growing. And so I kept saying to Craig, you have a functional church in your home. Why don't you just plant a church? And, uh, and so what we, we've been praying about is if we're going to plant a church, we really want to take this core team of people and have this be the basis of a core team that launches a church. And uh, so, here's what happened last night: um, Kirk Verhasselt, our stewardship elder, and myself met with Craig and all of these people as he shared with them for the first time this idea of a church plan. And the response was incredibly positive. And it was, it was just a very neat, special experience. But we wanted to make sure everybody found out right at the same time so that the rumor mill didn't kind of grow and get big. And uh, Craig basically told them this. Over the next six weeks, two things are going to happen. Number one, he is going to see if this group of people can come together to be the core team of a church plant. And the second thing that's going to happen, number two up here, is that the Village Church leadership and the Jarvises are going to spend the next six weeks meeting and praying and seeing if this really is the right fit. So I want you to hear me clearly. Um, There's a lot that needs to happen between now and six weeks. And we're just trusting if this is the next step that the Lord wants them and the village church to take, he's going to start opening up these doors before us. And if it's not the right step, then we're going to trust the Lord to close those doors and redirect the Jarvises to some other ministry where they get to bring their leadership and their teaching and shepherding gifts. And so I'm literally looking at you and saying, I have no idea what the future holds, but I stand with our elders and the Jarvises and say, we're willing to take that next step to see if this is a door that the Lord would open up for us. And it makes sense. It makes sense. But we want to be very careful. And so one of the things we've asked them to do is say, hey, can your core team fund your salary? And uh, will they commit to being a part of the village church? Now go to the next slide. I want to walk through how this might work with you. If we decide to move forward, if they can fund his salary, and they have a core team that wants to move forward, Craig would come on staff at Village Church on July 1st, and basically, he would come in with two major goals. Number one, learn Village Church, and number two is to build a church out of the church. I'll go to the next point. We would look to Easter 2017 as a desired launch date, which means we might have Um, a pastor who's growing a church in our church for about eight or nine months, which is kind of fun. It's kind of an adventure to see what happens, right? Next one. Craig and his team would join Village Church, serve, and start building their own Village Church. And we don't know where it would be. Two main options might be Carroll Stream or Hanover Park. We'd like to keep this within about a 10 to 12-minute uh, distance from Village. And when you, we get later on to this, you'll understand why that is. So it might be Village Church, Hanover Park. It might be Village Church, Carroll Stream. We don't know what it's going to be, where, um, but we do know that we want to keep it semi-close so that our churches can continue to partner together. And Craig's job would be to focus on, again, two things, learning Village Church and building Village Church whatever it is, Hanover Park or Carol Stream or whatever it might be. Next slide. I want to share with you the model because some of you in your brain, you have a script for what this model looks like. And I want to share with you because we're going to do something different than what most of the larger churches immediately around us have done. Um, So number one, um, what we would be doing is sharing vision, values, culture, shared mission, shared organizational oversight, shared constitution and bylaws, and a shared 501c3. Village church... Uh, is not going to have, this is not going to be a separate church under a separate 501c3. It'll be a separate church, but it's all going to be under the same rubric of Village Church. Now that might be confusing for some of you, and we can talk one-on-one to help you understand this more, but here's, I'm going to, by the time we get through this, you're going to understand why we're doing this. Um, this is a model that has actually worked really successfully for ch- some church planning networks, because here's what happens in this, to so go to the next one, You have shared resources, shared central administration, shared leadership training, shared policies, shared HR, shared community groups. When you share these central things, you have one office through which all of this runs through. The overhead for planting a church goes exponentially down. The the cost of planting a church is so much cheaper than if we just said, you, you have to go fund your own building, your own administration. Actually, village church staff as is, for the most part, is capable of handling another church plant within our own time constraints. So what we're going to have is a central administrative office if we went down this path. And in the administrative office, they would handle all communication, all website, all HR, everything you can imagine in one place. And then Craig, God willing, and his team would be able to lead their church and their location. Um, And so we would share all of these things. Now go on. Same teaching calendar which means we would actually be preaching on the same sermon series, same sermon outlines, same community group questions. So this is interesting. I want you to imagine we have a church 10 minutes away, and we're both preaching on Ephesians chapter 5. And maybe because they have 100 or 150 people, they don't have a community group that meets on the night that you're available. Well, you can go to one of Bartlett community groups and you're still in the same loop, in the same rhythm. We're still functionally village church together. And now we get to share resources. When church plans start, oftentimes they don't have a strong youth group. Well, our forge youth group is 40, 50 kids strong. And so now we can share youth groups together. And they can have the resources in an already established church and build momentum. Some of you, we want you to attend one and serve one. Some of you are going to attend at 9 a.m. here, and you may go to serve at their 11 o'clock 10 minutes away because you want to, we want to give them as many resources as humanly possible and help them launch strong. And so this is one church, but there's going to be two separate churches, if that makes sense. I know it's a little confusing if you've never seen it before, but um, if you look at some of the larger churches, they do satellites. We're not doing satellites. There's going to be no video feed. There's nothing of the sorts like that. Um, Craig would lead his own... Village Church, Carroll Stream, Hanover Park, with his own elders, they would put together their own strategy, but it would be Village Church, and they would have our own culture, or they would share our culture, our vision, and our values. Um, shared separate locations. They would each have their own lead pastor, elders, deacons, local strategy to make disciples who go grow and overcome. You might say, have you looked at a building? No, we're, we actually don't want to do anything more. We've agreed on some general strategy, but we have to stop right here and say, is this what the Lord wants? Now we know we're on the same page for what we would be doing, but is this what the Lord wants? So go to the next slide. I want to um, invite you on J- June 14th in um, the sanctuary from 6.30 to 7.30. We're going to have a one-hour prayer time. where We're going to pray for the A-team, and we're going to pray for the potential of this church plan. And again, we're going to take the next six weeks, and I want to invite you to pray with us because literally this could change everything that we know about how we do Village Church. Um, It could change the opportunities for serving. And what we've done at the Village of Victory Center, we want to do, I think, on a larger level, if the Lord would allow us to do that, and if we can fund um, Craig's salary, and also if our elders and him really feel like at the end of these six weeks, this is the right path. Um, I know that's a lot. For some of you, this is like, wow, I've never considered Village moving in this direction before. Um, But here's what I know. Um, I would love to take what God has done here and reproduce it someplace else because this has been very sweet, and there are too many people who do not know Jesus to let churches fall and not build new churches. One of the greatest um, methods of seeing people come to Christ is church planting, it's church planting. People come to Christ in a unique and powerful way when strong, solid churches are planted. One of my desires for this church plan, if we do it, is we would not launch them with anything less than 100 people, which here's what that means. Some of you, right now, if we move forward with this, you think, I'm gonna stay here, And that may be what the Lord wants for you. I want to challenge all of our members and regular attendees to ask the following question. Jesus, what do you want from myself and my family? And I want you to commit to obeying whatever he says. If we move forward with this, I want to tell you one thing we've given Craig freedom to do. We've given him uh, freedom to cherry pick our best leaders from our church and invite them to come with him to this church plant. Part of sending out a church is giving our best and giving our best people and saying, you know what? It doesn't matter. He can go to our elders, our deacons, our staff, our directors. He can ask for anybody he wants. It doesn't mean he'll get them because <laughs> you've got to go before the Lord see if that's what he wants. But we're giving him freedom in this time if we should do this um, to um, find the best resources to build a church that can make disciples who go grow and overcome. So, um, again, Craig's going to be outside afterwards. When I want to encourage you to talk with him. And uh, thanks for allowing me to talk longer. Um, I know that's a lot of stuff. But we got to be on the same page. we got to be unified in how we're thinking about the future here. And uh, so here's what I'd like to do. I want to take a moment. I want to pray. And uh, I want to put a passage of Scripture um, on the screen here. And this is my 2016 prayer. This is our Vision Sunday prayer. Here's what it says. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, this is our desire, to him be the glory in the church. We want local churches that bring glory to God. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. That my kids and my grandkids would be able to come into Village Church, whatever, wherever that may be, Village Church, Hanover, Carroll, Stream, Barley, it doesn't matter. And they might grow in love with Jesus in love with his word and passionate about making disciples. <laughs> I really desire Village Church would be something that transcends not just this generation but legacies. And uh, that is my strong desire. I look at my kids and I think, I would love for you to love Village, love Jesus. I would love my kids to raise their kids here. And I know some of you feel the same way. So Um, let me pray. Father, so much um, here that we talked about. If there's one thing I've learned, it is that you can do whatever you want. You love to surprise us, Lord. It's crazy to me that even some of these options were not even in our brain three or four months ago. But um, God, I just want to say, in behalf of our leadership, in behalf of the Jarvises, in behalf of the A team, in behalf of all of our members at Village, we only, only want what you want. Nothing more. Nothing less. If you say no, we will not go. If you say move, we will trust you. If you say change, we will shift. God, there's nothing we want more than to bring you glory and obeying you. God, I also thank you, um, as hard as it is sometimes, that you ask us to walk by faith. You ask Abraham to go to a new land. He had no idea where he was going. You just basically said, trust me and And so, Lord, right now, I even feel like I have no idea what the future holds. It's all very up in the air and tenuous. And, um, Lord, you know, and we trust you to lead us. God, there are a lot of moving parts right now, but um, our desire is to bring you glory. So, Lord, would you lead us? Would you provide for us? And particularly in the next six weeks as we navigate um, the Jarvises and their core team and our elders and the future, Um, Would you give unity and direction? So we trust you. We trust you to keep the evil one at bay who hates healthy churches, hates church planning, hates the expansion of the kingdom of God. Lord, would you bind him? Would you keep him far, far from this endeavor so that we can think clearly and biblically and wisely and walk into the future and follow you clearly. And so God, we submit all of our ideas to you. We love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen? Amen.